Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt. And where the heck have you been all this time? If you haven't been watching, this is the show where we talk to other WordPress entrepreneurs, freelancers, startups, uh, about their business, about how they run their WordPress business. Give us a little tip, some feedback um, on the pros and cons of what it's like. So if you want to join in on the discussion, head on over to mattreport.com to find all the other awesome interviews. Today, joined by Aaron Holbrook. Aaron, how are you? Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you. Finally scheduled. You are the magical unicorn running through the forest that I have finally, finally lassoed to get you on the map. I'm hard to pin down, I I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Aaron, you uh, take us through that two-minute drill, that two-minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do in WordPress. Sure. Uh, I'm Aaron Holbrook. Uh, I run A7 Web Design, uh, which is a um, a web development agency. Uh, We do a lot of WordPress development. And uh, I, I've been working with WordPress since about 2005, and uh, in that time, I've been a webmaster and uh, did everything from photography to video recording. So um, it's nice now that I'm, I'm more full-time and, and freelancing uh, on my own, and I can, I can really focus on doing WordPress development, which is what I love. So that's, that's uh, awesome. I've got a wife, wife and two kids, and uh, you know, I love, I'm living the dream. I can, I'm working from home and doing what I love, so... Nice. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the elevator pitch. <laughs> Previous to uh, starting the freelance gig, were you working full-time in some kind of development role somewhere else, some kind of tech role? I was a webmaster for a hospital. I did that for a number of years. Um, but like I said, it wasn't a development role. It was a content management role as well as um, just kind of managing the presence online and managing authors and and all sorts of things like the boardroom lights aren't working. Please come figure out how to turn them on. So, yeah. you know, it, it's nice to be able to, to actually um, expand my um, expertise and actually do things that I like to do. That's awesome. When, when was the first time you ran into WordPress and you, and you had that aha moment that this, this piece of software could build a career for me? Well, the first time I ran into WordPress, um, I had just finished building a very, very rudimentary CMS uh, using some PHP. Um, and and I, it was in college, it was my junior year, and one of my buddies was like, hey, why don't you just check out WordPress or, you know, one of these open source CMSs? And, and I did, I'm like, what the heck am I doing building my own? Like, this has got everything, it's got user authentication, it's got, you know, content management, it's got, it's got everything already there. And it's just, um, I, I've favored WordPress in particular because of the the open community and the plugins surrounding it, as well as the community itself, and just the ease of use and the friendliness that's always kind of gone, gone along with the software itself and the community. So um, I, I'm super, super happy to see how it's grown and to see that it's become pretty much the best open source CMS out there. I know I'm going to get tons of mail. Please don't email me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in my opinion, I think I think it's one of the best, and I just love that it's it's really easy for end users to learn how to use. So yeah, coming from uh, my background, coming from the Drupal community, it was a, 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 an eye opener seeing how easy uh, WordPress was to use uh, and to implement, and then to uh, and then train you know folks who are not technical technically savvy to use it. Definitely. Um, let's think back to your first freelance client. What was that like? How how did it go? Um, and do you remember it? I do. Um, and this was actually before I started building on WordPress, um, but it was for a teacher of mine in college. Um, and it was cool because that actually opened up a couple of things. I, it, it, I realized like 
Um, this was right when Eric Meyer published his two books on CSS and tables were going uh, by the wayside, or at least that was the hope because table, table layouts were just a nightmare to do. So um, I remember a lot about learning how to do CSS for more than just, uh, you know, link styling and, and whatnot. Um, and it opened up photography. I, I, I realized because like I had to take some, some mug shots of her and I just had a little Canon um, point, and, point and shoot, but it, but it had a pretty good um, uh, depth of field. And so I was able to take some nice pictures and, and I realized that um, they, they turned out pretty good. I actually got asked by the college to uh, start a student photography bureau. So it was pretty cool because like then I got to place with some real uh, cameras and you know it kind of went from there so I combined my my love of like photography and art, um, artistic uh, talent with like actual logic and, and programming so Very nice. it's a nice little hybrid that I have nice and about how long did it take uh, you to transition into saying you know I'm going to use WordPress <clears throat> for all of my client projects uh, probably when I was um, a couple years into my webmaster's job, and I had gone through multiple proprietary CMSs. And if I've ever used, like, you came from Drupal, so even Drupal's not that bad. Drupal's, Drupal's open source, and you can contribute, and people are working on it, um, and you have a large community. Uh, proprietary CMSs are really, really bad, uh, most of the time because you have a very, very small subset of people that are actually committed to working on it, um, and they don't typically get around to fixing bugs, even if you're very dil diligent about reporting them. So, um, yeah, when, when, I, when I started doing those, um, I, I started doing a little bit of work on the side. And uh, for a client, I, I've, I figured, you know what, now that WordPress has got some custom post types, uh, this is back in when 2.9 rolled out, um, I, I, can use, I can use WordPress as a CMS. It's not just, you know, it's, it's not just a blog system anymore. So I was able to use that and, and it did everything I needed to. Um, and especially with the custom taxonomies and the metadata, there's, there's absolutely no problem. So, so building a um, custom website was, was pretty simple. So that, nice. that's about, I think I would say probably in 2009 is when I started um, really taking WordPress um, and using it. And I knew it would be what I use primarily. Uh, when you first started, that, when, you, when you did that back in 2009, did you already have your, your mind set uh, on the A7 web uh, studios or did you already, you know, did you just kind of grow into that and say, you know what, I'm really going to progress this into the next level? No, I actually did start in 2009. Uh, that's when I first registered my company. So um, I, I said, you know what, I wanted to start doing this on the side. I eventually want to take this and be, you know, my full-time job. And so I registered uh, my name and the A7 name kind of came out of me. A7 is kind of symbolic of myself because A for Aaron and then seven is my birthday, May 7th. So, um, and that's always been my lucky number. So I really like those two things together. And when I was looking, I'm sure you can attest, like finding a unique domain name is, is one of the hardest things you can do. So, you know, that's not already taken. So, um, I had read somewhere like use a number in your name and it becomes automatically so much more unique and it's a lot easier to get a nice name. So I put those together and I found a seven web and I'm like, perfect. Like I'm a seven web design. That's it. And um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it started. But I, I tried to do everything right. Cause I had done, you know, side jobs always in the past, but I'd always wanted to be an actual business owner. Like I wanted, I was an entrepreneur. I wanted to actually do everything right. So I, I registered, I got actually got one of the lawyers at the hospital that I was working at to kind of like look over uh, my business plan and 
all the registration stuff. So that was it was nice to have that contact. Um, but yeah, I got registered and I got an accountant. I got serious and you know. So, so. right out of, right out of the gate, you're aligning yourself with all these different resources and assets. You um, you mentioned something about a business plan. Um, that's very unique to at least my show so far because not a lot of folks uh, start with a business plan. They kind of just fall into this mix. Uh, what was that like, and, and do you still adhere to that same business plan? You know, it's, it's actually funny. I was going through and cleaning out some fo- some folders and files lately, and uh, I found my business plan, and I had to laugh because it was like projected revenue, projected growth, and it's like just shooting for the moon. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. I'm I'm able to stay home, but I'm definitely not pulling in 300 grand a year. So, right. you know, like your expectations are definitely different than what is reality, and like finding you know, finding the, the clients and finding the, the work, I think was the biggest thing for me. But um, I don't know, I didn't find like a media, I didn't find a business plan helped me in one bit. I, I, I did think it was a requirement to register. Um, I, I don't know if that's true, or if that's still true or whatever, but um, I did it anyway. So I wanted to have all my T's crossed and I's dotted. But yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, I guess in some in some regard, it kind of valid it, Helps valid, validate yourself that you're you're getting ready to embark on this, on this. Well, plan. and it's such a big step too. I mean, like, luckily, I still had my you know full time job, and that was that was nice. But you know, when you when you're working that when you're working a full time job and you're trying to do stuff on the side, you can never really commit to your your side job, your your freelance, until you get rid of you know what's taking up all your time. Yeah. And and when you do take that step you become so much more inspired and energetic and like that's all you're doing and you have to do it to survive. So you immediately, I mean, it, it works like, so I, I don't know. I've, I've found it to be, um, uh, a cool journey. Was it a difficult with. step to take? Did, were you, were you a little stressed or concerned about quitting the to, to actually make it? Yeah. You know, um, at the time I was, I was, um, going through some things with work and it ended up being pretty uh, kind of a mutual uh, thing where I, I was ready to leave and they were about ready to kind of kick me out. So um, I took the step and I got, actually got I got kind of lucky because I got some severance for it as well. So um, it was nice. I had a little bit of a cushion and that helped get me kind of on my way. Plus, I have an awesome wife who uh, supported me through the whole thing. If I didn't have her and, you know, um, health insurance that she carries that that would have been a much much harder challenge yep um once now so now you you take that that leap you get rid of the full time you get into your own gig uh you hit the ground running did you have a client base already did you start just getting out there and marketing yourself how did you do that and what were your what were your experiences i had a couple clients but nothing that was sustaining me full time um so what i mean and and I did. I tried. To, I tried to get out there and market. I did everything from Facebook ads to Google ads to, you know, going around and trying. To, I even tried uh, cold calling for a while. Never again. Um, but what I found to actually be the most successful was uh, putting myself out there on, on like Elance and just doing really cheap jobs, like getting um, really cheap cheap jobs done and um, doing a good job, getting a good rating, and um, just making connections that way. Actually, one of the one of the first jobs that I got was to upload a website to a, a server. Like that was it. And, and I bid 10 bucks. I got the job. I did it. It ended up being a lot more complicated because uh, it was requiring ASP and like no, no host, excuse me, no host 
support ASP anymore except like GoDaddy. So we had to like try a bunch of different hosts. We eventually settled on GoDaddy. Then he wanted some changes and I obliged. And he actually turned into a client that I've kept until today. Like he, um, he's in, he's in Australia and he's a business like uh, consultant. So he does like uh, innovation lab and does consultancy work and design for, for a lot of companies. Um, and what happens is he gets a lot of web work and then he, he calls me up and he says, Hey, can you, can you help me out? So, you know, just, just doing a simple job on, on that turned into, you know, a really long-term client. So that's an interesting story because a lot of the stuff that we try to learn as freelancers and as people running our own businesses, and at least with the Matt report, a lot of it is how to elevate yourself out of that client that's just asking for every asking for the moon for 500 bucks um, <laughs> but you take on a job for 10 bucks and mm-hmm. that ends up being a lifelong customer um it's kind of an interesting comparison there um you know i see what you were doing when you just started you were just trying to grab and fill in those hours exactly yeah um what you know what is your advice to that person who wants to charge or wants you to pay wants to charge uh 500 bucks to do a site um you know, now are you elevating yourself uh, to a certain level? Uh, of Definitely, I, I don't look at anything unless it's like five grand. You know, because like I it, honestly, I was doing a lot of the smaller jobs, but when the volume starts coming in, that's when you raise your rates. You know, when when you're too busy to take on more work, but you're getting more work, um, then you sorry phone. Um, that that's when you raise your rates, and and you keep doing that. And as you raise your rates, if you keep getting, um, you know, as you raise your rates, if people stop stop coming to you, then you, you know, back them down a little bit. And you, you play that game until you're at a point where you're, you're sufficiently happy and you're, you're pulling in enough money, um, but you're not crazy busy and you're not, like, dead. Yep. You know, you're not, you're not completely dead. So yep. um, I, I would tell the person in, in that I have found that, like, starting at such a low level – with those clients, it's so hard to raise rates on, mm-hmm. on existing clients. That's one of the hardest things that I've found. Mm-hmm. And telling a new client, hey, my rate is 150 an hour is no big deal. But for the client that I started at $35 an hour, that is a big deal. You know, So you can move them up slowly, but it's still, it's still a hard thing. And you kind of have to transition them with the new clients that you're getting that, that better rate at. Um, get- but it's, it's, it's nice to get that volume filled to know that you're getting some business and eventually just it's, it's all in the referrals. It's, it's getting out there, going to meetups, going to word camps, um, getting your name out there. And just once you start getting your name out there and honestly, it's a great market for developers. It really is. Like, I know I'm looking for people to help me out on projects. So um, if, if you're a halfway decent developer and you're always interested in learning more, get your name out there and start talking to people because that's, it's it's hard not to find work right now. Right, you know? right. Um, how did you explain? So, uh, if you had a brand new customer, uh, a customer that just walked in the door, they weren't a referral. Um, they were, lo- you know, local mom and pop. How, you know, how did they react to that? You know, you know, I'm only going to do work at five thousand and above. Uh, you know, what is your advice to getting folks to explain the value of doing business with them at at a higher mm-hmm. than average price range? Uh, I typically don't want to waste my time trying to explain that to somebody that doesn't even have the budget, even if they understood it. Like, it's just not a, a, a it's it's not valuable for me to to try to do that. I, I don't think it'll happen. Um, 
typically I wait until, you know, I, I typically I wait until somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I've got this job. So, um, that's been working great. I, I get plenty of work. Um, typically I find a lot of work comes repeat. So I do a lot of subcontract work for people or agencies, um, that have larger clients and have like big name clients. So yeah. for the mom and pop though, like if they did come to me, um, I'd probably refer them to a friend that's, still growing their business or, or maybe handles more, um, you know, more sites like that style. Um, yeah. I typically, I don't like to do that because I'd rather be deep in the code. I'd rather be developing and, you know, problem solving than just setting up theme after theme and customizing little things, yeah. you know, but that's just me. No, that's, that's still, it's still a great answer. Um, we talked a little bit before the show and, you know, I had made mention that I, I feel like the A7 web website, um, it does have, it does kind of give off that, um, like serious agency feel, um, not in a bad way, but just, it just looks like, wow, like a, an accomplished team has built this website. <laughs> um, Thanks, man. Uh, you know, and maybe that's because we're, I'm in the business, we're in the business and we kind of look at it like, well, this isn't just your typical, you know, one, one man shop. Um, but you say it's important to show that, um, that you're the solopreneur, you're the guy behind the scenes. Uh, why is that? Um, I, I think in, in this could be right. This could be wrong. I don't know. This is what I know, but branding yourself is way easier than branding some no name company. So, um, I try to always relate back to the human element because I think people identify more readily with that. So branding A7 is, you know, it's just actually Aaron Holbrook and he's a really nice guy. He's communicative. Uh, he's responsible. He gets things done when he says he's going to. I feel like that's a lot easier to get across uh, to clients than A7 is a professional business and using stock photos and like, you know, all that stuff, which you've seen a million times. And, you know, I, it's not me. It's not, it's not what I do. So, you know, I, I want people to understand that I'm a human and that I make mistakes uh, but I'm, I'm willing to fix them and I'm willing to take responsibility and I, I always try to be professional. So, yeah. Um, that's a great answer. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I had a, a pretty good conversation with Jose Caballero of the group, uh, and of the school, you know, and, and he talked about how, you know, the, the three different levels of agencies, like the boutique agency that does something for 5,000 to 10,000, uh, you know the middle tier agency, which is like twenty five to fifty thousand, and then the mm -hmm. real high end stuff, which is a hundred thousand plus, and that a lot of other big businesses, other brand names that hire these top level agencies, when it all comes down to it, they're looking for that plausible deniability. Like, hey, I I hired the best team to do this, and if the project didn't work out, whether or not it just didn't launch or it, it didn't convert and whatever they were trying to sell, they could always say to their board or to their investors and say. You know, hey, I hired the best. It's not my fault. It's, you know, I paid the price for these guys and, and they just didn't come through. Um, do you find yourself uh, getting uh, overlooked from bigger brands because you are pitching yourself as the single guy? Uh, you know, I, it's still so early. Like, I've only been doing this. God, I, okay, so I opened up in 2009. I've been freelance almost two years. So, uh, honestly, I, I don't even feel like, I've just been, like, steadily growing. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not even looked at by larger agencies or larger companies. I mean, I'm doing a lot of subcontract work for agencies that are doing that. So 
I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to, to, to get into that arena, but I know that it's, it's, it's really hard. I mean, you've got to have the connections, you've got to have the name brand and you've got to have the record for it. So I don't feel like I could even um, compete in that arena mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy just doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm living the dream. I, I can stay at home with my kids and my wife and, um, you know, I can go down and play with them. I can take a break whenever I want. I don't have to, I have no commute, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's nice, but, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 80. I, I probably will want to be doing something, but, yep. um, I don't think I want to be uh, requiring to, you know, be logging 60 hours a week, building, you know, some websites. So I, I think in terms of that, I've been trying to, um, and I think a lot of people l- would like to, um, get some sort of recurring, um, you know, passive, uh, interest or passive revenue. So either building an iPhone app, which I've been learning objective C, which is way different than PHP, um, <laughs> or, or just, you know, building like a ser- software as a service, like a CRM or something. Um, you know, that's, that's always on the back of my mind and being a, being a solopreneur, you can do whatever you want. So if I want to take a month off and focus on my own projects, I can, you know? Yeah, that's so. great. Um, Let's talk about how you, uh, pre, uh, before we started to, uh, the show. You were talking about how you wanted to help others uh, in, in learning development. Um, I'm assuming specifically for WordPress. Uh, what do you have going on in terms of that? I noticed that sometimes you've been doing a Google Plus Hangout with some others uh, in the community. Yeah, yeah. I actually um, I, I just try to help people that are are where I was. You know, like. Um, I just did a screencast um, over on my blog, AaronJHolbrook.com, uh, which which basically laid out what the template hierarchy is in WordPress. And if you've heard of it and you know what it is, okay, yeah, like that's not a big deal. But for people that that have never heard of it, it is a big deal. And in understanding that it is a big deal and learning what it is is so insightful. It's enlightening when you actually understand what it is because it allows you to understand what WordPress is looking for in terms of the files in your theme. So. Um, I really like doing stuff like that. Um, I talk at a bunch of meetups and uh, I talk at WordCamps all over. I actually, that's where I met you, Matt, in WordCamp Providence, um, even though I'm out in Chicago. So, um, and um, I don't know, I just I just really like um, helping people get to that next level, you know, provided that they're they're wanting to learn that. That's great. Um, what did and I, and I, I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what did inspire you to come to all the way out to Providence? Uh, it looked fun and, uh, you guys were looking for speakers. I applied and they accepted me. So I was like, nice. why not? Let's road trip. Well, actually not road trip. I took the plan. I nice. took the plan. But. <laughs> um, so do you have big plans for, uh, maybe like the Google plus hangout, more podcast media? Uh, you said you did the screencast. Yeah. Well, and I just bought, uh, this nice, nice, um, professional microphone, Blue Yeti, which has been, uh, pretty nice. It, yep. Uh, I'm I'm impressed by the own by my own voice coming out of it. So um, <laughs> no, I, I I did some radio in college, and that was always kind of a fun thing. So I I like doing the screencasts. If people like them, I think I'll do some more. Um, I was gonna do a whole blog series on like be a better developer, um, kind of talking about like uh, Veradump and template hierarchy, and I've got a whole list of things that I think once you get a basis of understanding you'll kind of get to that next level. So I was going to do a blog post or a blog series on that, but I think I might just do them as a, a series of screencasts. Um, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? I No, I agree. I think doing the screencast is great, uh, especially for this technical stuff. Um, 
you know, I'm just a project manager. I, I understand functions and hierarchy, but I would never be able to look at it and understand it. <laughs> I can understand it when you talk to me. Um, but seeing it visually and, you know, being able to pause and, and zoom in on code and just say, here's what you should be doing and comparing it with other stuff, you know, I think screencast is definitely the way to go for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about WordPress and WordPress community. Um, what is it about WordPress um, community and events like WordCamps and meetups uh, that's so beneficial uh, to somebody who's just starting out? Uh, just the networking. I mean, you hear that in so many professions. It's get out there and network. It's it's all about the people you know. I mean, it, it really is. It, if you're sitting there in your own basement um, just doing websites like and you don't have any connections, you're you're probably going to be on Elance, and that's about it. You know, you might you might get some jobs, but if you don't have people referring you um, or recommending you or whatever the case may be, I, it's so important to have that community and that 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 network of people. So I, I think it's really cool. And I actually, in the Chicagoland community, there's a pretty strong group of uh, of people that are like minded, and you know, we're just all we all chat. We all hang out on the Skype chat, and we, we pretty much talk every day about anything from, like, the latest hacker news to, you know, um, I don't know. It, it, it's, just, it's just nice having that community and, and, and going to the WordCamps and meeting other people. Any, any advice uh, you mentioned about maybe the developer designer who's just working out of their basement and not leaving the house, um, going to so many WordCamps, seeing that there's a clear line of, and a lot of developers and designers say they're self-proclaimed introverts. They're afraid to go out and talk to other folks. I mean... You sat down with us when we did a video presentation at at, at mm -hmm. WordCamp Providence. I mean, you are the exception to the rule. What is your advice to get these people motivated to just go up and say hi to somebody to start a dialogue? Well, you know, in taking a step back, um, introvert is actually not that you're afraid to go up and talk to people, but it's that you feel most comfortable when you're alone, when you can you recharge. So an extrovert recharges when they're around other people. An introvert recharges when they're by themselves. I'm very much an introvert. I love being by myself. I love being at home with my family. Um, but I still love going out and meeting people too, you know? So I, I would say, um, how do you kind of get over that hurdle if you are maybe a little shy? Um, I don't know. I've never been shy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just uh, find... Have you ever find, seen that? You know, you know, actually a great, great example would be to um, get a buddy, you know, get a friend that's interested in, or at least can fake it for a couple hours go to the conference with them, have a conference buddy. That way, if that way you're not alone, you know, and you can, you can sit with them and you can talk to them and you can like get other people around you. You can go to talk to other people together. Um, or you can like branch off on your own and, and you can know that they'll be okay. Um, but that gives you kind of the comfort level of being able to still, um, you know, talk to other people and, and be comfortable at that event. Um, I've done that a couple times, especially traveling all the way to Providence. It's nice too because a conference buddy you can you can usually room up with and split the cost. So, <laughs> um, but it's nice because you you both can go off and meet other people, and then the nice thing about that is you know they met this person and you know I met this person, and then we can meet you know all together and we can get even more networking. You know. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great answer, great advice, conference buddy. Uh, definitely outline that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> with all the good stuff said about WordPress and the WordPress Pat community. Pat and petting conference buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with all the good stuff said about WordPress and the community, what's your one gripe uh, about WordPress, be it the software or the community that you think it can improve on? Uh, I would love to see people that sell on ThemeForest be allowed to contribute uh, to 
the conferences. So I have a personal stake in that, though. Um, Jay Caputo actually is from around the Chicago area, and he's a good friend of mine. And um, he was going. To, he was on the organizing committee for Chicago with me, and it kind of sucks not to be able to have his help. Even though he's willing and he's a great guy, he spoke last year, um, and he's got a lot to offer the community. I think it's a shame to prohibit people like that from sharing their knowledge and giving back. I mean, I, I think I think that's my biggest gripe right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100. Um, percent You know, it would be like telling somebody in the one percent that they can't you know, volunteer at a soup kitchen or something like that exactly. just, just because exactly. they're making, you know, money somewhere else. Um, well, yeah. and, and it all goes back to the license issue and like, they're actually following the letter of the law, but Matt still doesn't like it enough. So he's just prohibiting it. So yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of stupid if you ask me. Do you think that um, Theme Forest should come out with a solution to kind of to help with that, or is that something that hey, it's up it's up to the uh, it's up to WordPress and the foundation to fix? No, it? I, I think I think it, Matt's in the wrong. I don't think he should be prohibiting people, but at the same time, um, I don't think it's Collis's place or Theme Forest's place to actually put their foot in and say we don't want people to be forced to do this, so we're not going to allow it. I don't think it's their place to do it. So I think they should open it up. And the people that want to, great. Um, the people that don't, they don't have to. You know, I think giving the people the option is the best route. Yeah. Because um, uh, as it boils down, this is these are volunteers, right? These are volunteers who are intelligent, who are still giving back to WordPress in another yeah. in another fashion, um, and, and and simply volunteering and being at these word camps is giving back to WordPress. I mean, and completely uh, helping new people to understand what WordPress is and you know, getting them in and so you don't scare them off. I mean, I, I think it's just, it's nice having WordPress as a brand it is a recognized global name. I mean, when I, when I, I don't have to sell it anymore. I used to have to try to sell, okay, I'll be using WordPress on your project. Um, now I don't have to, everybody, everybody knows what it is and kind of expects it. Like, okay, that's kind of what my, whatever my niece told me or my nephew, like, you know, Word, WordPress is good. So, right. No, I, I I agree with you 100. percent The, um, you know the, the other thing is that, I mean, if you look at, like what WordPress.com is doing with all these verticals, that's another scary, kind of, uh, you know, thing that's going on because I I don't think a lot of people, folks are are picking up on it just yet because it hasn't impacted the community. But I mean, now you're getting verticals like restaurant themes, educational themes. Uh, gallery themes, um, you know, what's next, real estate probably, um, some other vertical that maybe somebody in the community has built a niche around, and now you have .com offering it for a very, very little price. Um, so you know, the, it, it kind of goes back to the whole, like, Starbucks moving into the independent uh, roaster right next door. It, it and, I, and I actually learned this from Marco Arment, who is the creator of Instapaper, Um it actually brings more business to the independent coffee shop because people are, they didn't either know it existed um, or they never gave it a try, but then Starbucks moves in and Starbucks is known for um, uh, finding really, really predatory places to put their, their coffee shops. But what happens is people end up going to Starbucks and becoming fans and, and, you know, Oh, okay. They start liking coffee or they, um, they really like, you know, the habit of going there um, but maybe one day the line's too long and, oh, there's a coffee shop right next door. And they go check it out and then they, they become actually, they become more 
they become more favorable towards the independent coffee shop. So I think in that sense, like, um, yeah, the WordPress.com is offering a lot of a lot of solutions. But what happens when when they need something a little bit more custom, or they want to do this one thing and WordPress.com doesn't allow it? Well, then they're going to need to go out and they they already have in their mind WordPress is great, but I want to do some more custom stuff. Well, okay, well there's plenty of people out there that do custom work. So right. I I think, I mean, I'm taking a cautionary approach, but uh, so far. Like you said, it hasn't impacted me, but I really don't think it will. Yeah, uh, the other thing that could spawn from this, um, and we've already seen a little bit of a little bit of it with Pressnomics, are other WordPress events um, that aren't WordCamps. Um, you have Pressnomics, um, and and who knows, there could be another revolution of meetups for uh, centered around WordPress um, that are just as useful. You know, mm -hmm. um, and and why not? I mean, WordCamps are so inexpensive. Uh, and you know, because you're organizing one, I helped organize one, and there's mm -hmm. a letter of the law that you have to follow. You can only charge so much for sponsors. Exactly, yeah. Um, there's so, so many rules in place, and it's very political, so. Right. So why not have a WordPress event that lasts a weekend that's 500 bucks, but the value of it is immense, you know? I mean. Right. And if people want to go to it, great. I exactly. mean. I don't see the problem with that. I think WordCamps are important, and I think having them inexpensive is great. Um, but at the same time, like if there's going to be different events or centered around WordPress, I think more the merrier, you know, everything, anything to grow the community, I think is great. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been an awesome, awesome conversation, uh, about you coming up, uh, in freelancing to starting your own business, um, to expanding that business, how to get started in development, uh, all the way to the WordPress community. Uh, so I thank you for that. Let's jump into the last two segments. Uh, first segment is what's in your toolbox? What type of software besides WordPress uh, or hardware uh, do you use on a daily basis uh, to run your business? Evernote. Oh, this is this is the most fun part, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Evernote, Gmail, iPad. What is it that you use on a day-to-day -day basis? So, so my basic uh, setup looks like a 27-inch iMac and then a 29-inch secondary screen. Uh, I love having a secondary screen and. I bought a late 2011 iMac, so I can't. I don't have Thunderbolt, and um, I, I actually am going to wait until you know I, I need to, to upgrade my iMac. But I'd love to have Thunderbolt so I could have a third display. That would be my ideal world. Um, but I also have a, a MacBook Air that I purchased recently, especially with all the traveling. I, I love having something light that I can still do some work on and I can still check email. The biggest issue I found is actually figuring out how to sync things like flawlessly. Yeah. So um, I actually have done quite a bit in terms of like writing some text expander snippets to do a really quick MySQL dump and then do a really quick MySQL import. And they both go to the same uh, spot. So I could say MySQL dump iMac. It'll dump iMac's uh, MySQL database to a shared folder in Dropbox. And then once Dropbox is synced, I can pull it in on the, on the air and I can just type MySQL import iMac. So um, that's really nice because one of the biggest, I keep all my, my uh, dev files in Dropbox, so that's always been, been updated but in synced, but having MySQL actually uh, stay in sync is kind of a problem because if I set up a new uh, dev site on my, on my desktop, when I go to work on it on the, on the air, it's not there. So I need to either reset it up, which is a pain, um, or you know I can, try to do a manual export and that takes a while. So, yeah. and if I forget to do it, then I know I'm screwed there too. So, <laughs> um, in terms of like software though, I, I would say I love Google Chrome. 
I used to love Firefox, but now I do almost everything in Chrome. Um, I use Apple Mail uh, with with uh, Google Apps uh, for email. I've tried to um, administrate my own email, and my God, that is a major headache. Like unless you're an actual email admin, you don't want to do that. Yeah. I, it, even with Google Apps, like charging five bucks a month or whatever, it's so worth them to um, handle your email. Yeah, I was an I was an email admin uh, at my were old, you really old job, and it was it was just a nightmare. And it's one of those products where no one wants to pay for it. But they they want like you know a thousand percent uptime and they need their emails everywhere. But they don't they're not willing to pay for it. And don't cut my don't 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 let me get spam. But don't take away my good email. Exactly. And that like make somebody, sure that I don't look like I'm sending spam. You know, and making sure that I'm whitelisted. That and, was oh my god, the headache. It's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah, that was always the headache. <laughs> so Google handling my email is completely fine. Um, I do a lot with Skype. I used to um, be a hundred percent for Google Talk and Jabber. Um, but clients don't have Jabber, and they don't know what you're talking about. They think you're like having a stroke. So, <laughs> uh, I like Skype. Um, my one my one caveat with Skype is I wish I could change my handle, like because it was back when I played World of Warcraft that I made it. So, like I have this this uh, handle that I have, and I'd rather have it some, be something more professional. But Skype doesn't allow you to change your handle. You have to completely create a new account, which is a pain in the butt. So um, I, I, I've been doing a lot more with Twitter. So definitely follow me on Twitter if you care to see what I'm doing, Aaron J. Holbrook. Um, but I find that there's a lot of engagement and networking that actually happens on Twitter. Um, and it's cool. Like people can reach out to other people that they don't actually have a connection with and say, hey, I saw what you were doing. And I think it's cool and blah, blah, blah. Or like I can ask you a question or I can reach out to some of my friends and just see who is available and say, I'm having a problem debugging Nginx. Anybody, you know, got a couple minutes or whatever. And people reach back and then you talk on Skype and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And, and plus, like when you go to a conference, Twitter becomes this amazing tool to um, communicate with people everywhere across, even not on uh, the conference, like who who's not there, but like is engaged with it. Yep. But you know, you can say, "Oh, we're all meeting up for lunch later at blah," you know, whatever. It's it's amazing to like really get that like um, communication through the ether. It's it's so cool, and it's all live and yeah. I think Twitter like is cool, but that just takes it to a new level. Yep. So, uh, let's see. I do. I, I use Billings Pro, or I'm sorry, I just use just Billings, not Pro, uh, for my time tracking. I've I've always been looking for a better um, time tracking app, um, but I found this to be the best. I can send invoices, and I don't have to pay a monthly fee like with FreshBooks. So, um, definitely like that. I use QuickBooks. Uh, my accountant recommended it. Also, if you're a um, freelancer or you're a small business person definitely get an accountant like it's 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 not that expensive it's so worth paying they'll pay for themselves in a year like your your tax credit and you don't have to worry about i mean your time is money if you're billing a hundred dollars an hour why waste eight eight of your hours when you could be you know making that money so i agree 100 percent with that yeah it's uh, so worth it yep so let's jump into the lightning round we'll ask you a series of quick questions you have a series of quick answers Ah, uh, the one plugin you cannot live without. Uh, regenerate thumbnails. Good one. Uh, favorite <laughs> WordPress or business book? Ooh, favorite WordPress or business book. Uh, I don't really have a favorite WordPress book. I do have a favorite programming book that I'm reading right now. Uh, it's the Clean Coder. Okay. Uh, I don't know who the author is, but I'm sure you can look that up. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by? Uh. 
Huh. Uh, take responsibility. Uh, the best business or career advice you've ever received? <laughs> Be honest. Uh, the longest a client project has taken? Oh, God. Uh, let's see. Something like six months, and I still never got paid for it. Wow. Um, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be and why? Um, probably something simple um, on Rails. Okay. First time I get that answer. Maybe, maybe something like Jekyll. All right. Um, um, who should I interview next? Heather Acton. Okay. And what is the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? What code editor? You didn't let me to get to the code editor that oh, I used. Oh, okay. What, <laughs> what code editor? Sublime Text 2. Oh, you're the second one today to call that one. Yeah. Ryan Duff uses that? Yep. Nice. Yeah, I love, I love Sublime. Um, uh, what, what question? Um, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? Building a vast team? Uh, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't have to worry about that. Actually, that was one of the, that was actually one of the questions that sparked me leaving my old job. I couldn't lie. I, I was like, you know, I don't see myself. I'm like, I see myself running my own business. Yeah. So, um, I think it's funny cause now I don't even have to worry about it. I can't think about it if I want, but, um, I don't have to like try to come up with a very correct answer, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Aaron, this has been an awesome interview. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, Likewise. It's, again, been, uh, it's been great. What I want to tell folks is this is the podcast that I do about WordPress careers, running a business, uh, whether you're in WordPress uh, up to your neck or if you're just starting out, uh, this, these podcasts, these folks that come on that I interview have some great, great advice for all facets, uh, business, WordPress, and otherwise. Uh, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Jump on the mailing list. Aaron, where can people find you to say thanks? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, Aaron J. Holbrook, and you can uh, follow me on my blog, AaronJHolbrook.com. Awesome. All right, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Take care.